Well, good morning. I hope you're having a wonderful day so far and a wonderful weekend with this beautiful weather. I don't know about you, but for me and my family, it just seems life is inevitable. You go somewhere, a restaurant, a coffee spot, or, or a department store, and you see the rewards program, and it just like sucks you in, doesn't it? It's like, I want that reward. And so I'll buy 50 coffees to get one free, right? Because I got the reward. You know, we get so, I mean, everything gets us brought into that reward. Why? Because in our minds, we get locked into, I want that, right? And if I get this, I can get that. But it happens so often, not just at department stores or coffee spots or restaurants or wherever. It happens in life in general. Because I believe in all of our minds, we have this set idea of here's the reward of life that I want to obtain, that I want to go after, that I want to achieve. And we just get so locked into that that we do whatever it takes to get that. Can I just be honest? I think we see a lot of that in how we raise our children, parents. We do, don't we? I mean, it's, it's just like the kids have to have the best opportunity. So we got to make sure they're in the highest level classes, the honor classes, all of this and that. And if they're not in that program, well, then it's just not good enough. And then you see a lot of things happening around the way to try to get our kids into this place or try to get them the best scores on all these different tests. And it's just this reward that we go after. We see it in the sports world with our kids, too. Right? Parents, we get so locked in that, well, I want my child to be this and that, to be the, the next amazing athlete this world has ever seen. And, you know, and so we go to all these levels, and then before you know it, we're all in this rat race. We're all in this rat race trying to achieve whatever reward we have locked our minds onto. You know, what are you trying to obtain out of life? What rewards are you going after? It's not just about raising our kids, but you see it in your job too, don't you? It's like, I want that, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. Yes, I'm not saying not have aspirations. I'm not saying don't give your best. We need to do that. We need to have aspirations. But there's a fine line between going after our aspirations and our dreams and giving our best to this is reward that I cannot live without of, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that reward. That makes sense? There's a little bit of a difference between the two. And so the question is, what are you trying to get out of life? What rewards are you personally trying to obtain? Let's be honest. Every one of us has something our minds are set on that I just need that. And so often we need it in such a way that we almost feel less than if we don't obtain that. Kids struggle all the time because they feel less than because they're not in a certain honors class or they didn't achieve the certain accolades in the athletic department or whatever it may be. And we've put so much pressure on them that they constantly feel less than if they're not that. And we do it to ourselves too, don't we? All the time. We get into this comparison trap. Well, if I don't get this reward, if I don't obtain this status in life, then I'm less than that and I'm just not good enough. No, you're not. Don't listen to those lies. 
You, are no, you don't find your worth based upon the world's status. You know, the wisest man that ever walked this earth was a man by the name of Solomon. If you read his story in the Old Testament, you can see his story of how he asked for wisdom. And then through wisdom, he got everything this world could possibly ever provide. And then at the end of his journey, he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes where he said, meaningless, meaningless. All this stuff is meaningless. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. So why do we make all this stuff our pursuit? Why is the stuff of earth so important to us that we just can't live without it? That we just don't feel good enough about ourselves unless we obtain the rewards of this world? Because I think deep down, we don't like to talk about it or admit it a lot, but ultimately these rewards that we go after provide a sense of emotional security. It makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves. It makes us feel like I matter. And here's the problem. We struggle so often in life because we base upon do I matter on what other people say or, or conduct around us rather than the presence of God. And there's a significant difference. And because of this, life has become so cutthroat. So cutthroat. No longer is our journey about building up relationships and building each other up. It's about whatever can get me ahead. Why? So that I can get the rewards I want to obtain. And we're just constantly trying to one-up everybody. And all we do is live our lives trying to one-up the next person and compare ourselves to other people, especially on social media, about, wow, they have that and I don't. And then because of that, we tend to feel less than or other than. What are we looking for when we do that? What are we trying to achieve? You know, if you go through the Google world, you can find Psychology Today, the HuffPost, Forbes magazine, and you can read every single article out there and every comment thread that exists. And you can see the questions out there. What is it that every person tries to obtain? What is that one thing that we all crave, that we all want? And the common theme that you see all out of the Google webs is this. Every person, you and I the same, and every person that walks the face of this earth, that ever walked the face of the earth, the top three things that every person wants is to be loved, to be valued, and to be happy. You can sum up everything we do based upon those three things. We long to be loved, we long to be valued, and we long to be happy. That's what drives us oftentimes. That's what motivates us. And when we're not feeling loved, when we're not feeling valued, when we're not feeling happy, these are the rewards of life that we're trying to obtain. How can I get that? We can call these the big three of our human desires. To achieve these is the greatest rewards of life. And to have these gives us a sense of security because ultimately we pursue rewards to obtain that sense of security. That emotional security, I matter. I'm important. I'm valuable. I'm loved. In this moment, I can be happy. You know, and all these desires... And all these needs just constantly motivates us and drives us in the way we act out. In the way we act out. 
whether we're trying to do good for other people or trying to make other people notice us, we all act out in certain ways. Why? To gain these rewards, to be loved, to be valued, and to be happy. And we act out upon these things. And this leads to life's deepest question. Where do we ultimately gain these rewards? These emotional securities of being loved, of being valued, of finding happiness and complete joy in my life. Where do we find these things or how can I obtain them? Because this is this constant endless cycle that I'm in and maybe you're like me that you're constantly running this race of life and it's like, hey, this will make me happy. This will make me loved. This will make me feel valued. And then we obtain it and guess what? Nothing changes. It's still the same old stuff. And I keep going after and after. And there's two options in our life. We either obtain these rewards by being noticed by others. Hey, look at me. Or we obtain them by being in the presence of God. In the Old Testament, it's written in Proverbs 14. It says, there's a way that appears right to a man. But in the end, it leads to death. You know what the heart of that message is getting to us? And it speaks volumes to us today. There is a way that seems right to us. A way that seems right to obtain these rewards. A way that seems right in order for me to feel loved. In order for me to feel valued. In order for me to be happy. There seems to be a way that seems right for me. And I run my whole life chasing these methods or these ways and these lifestyles. Whatever it may be to achieve those things. But then once I obtain them. It's not what I thought it was going to be. It may last for a moment, but that moment fades. And then before I know it, I see brokenness around me. And oftentimes brokenness within me. That's the destruction. That's the destruction. We make ourselves believe that this path we're on, that the world tells us to run towards, to achieve those rewards, to achieve that happiness and love and value will, will be the ultimate thing, but it's not. This all comes back to finding who we are either within ourselves and based upon the attention that we tend to receive by those we surround ourselves with, or we achieve these things in the presence of God. Those are the two paths. You see, the two reward program pathways is either earthly rewards or heavenly rewards. And we're either running one of the two races. We're either running the race of life to try to obtain those values and those rewards based upon all the stuff that the world provides or we're chasing what God provides through his presence. You know, last week we talked about the pursuit of a greater righteousness. Righteousness, like I said last week, is just a fancy word, Bible word that means this, to be right before God. And so God, Jesus is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount, the pursuit of a greater righteousness. And today, this week, this part of the message, he takes it a step further and he says the pursuit of righteousness motivates us towards acts of righteousness. Things we do in order to be right before God. And so in other words, what Jesus is getting here is we all have a desire within our hearts to be right before God. We know there's something beyond this world. And if I can just kind of do, live life in such a way that I can be right before him and enjoy myself, 
Well, great, but we're missing the point if we have that attitude. You know, in other words, we do good either because of the pursuit of God and the being in his presence or to receive the reward of what others may be telling us about us. And it all goes back to the nature of our heart. Do you do what you do just so that you can get noticed and recognized? Or you do what you do so that you can constantly be driven closer to the heart of God? To be in his presence. See, there's a difference. There's a difference. And this all goes back to what is your heart truly after? What is your heart chasing? As we take this journey today, can we just be honest with ourselves? What is my heart truly after? What is my heart truly chasing? You know, in so many ways, we act out in order to obtain those rewards of being loved and being valued and being happy. And it gives us this sense of security sometimes. But it's like if you've ever watched the dog racing, now I'm not trying to uh, encourage dog racing. I know there's, there's a lot of questions about that. But if you ever watch dog racing, the hard thing about dog racing is that these dogs are just running around this track chasing this bunny or something like that. And here's the thing. The dogs are led to believe, here's your reward. Chase it and you will get it. And they run around the whole track. And the whole time they're running, the reward is just right there. It's just right there. And no matter how fast or how hard they run, they never get anywhere closer. It's always just right there. And they never get the reward. And I think we live our lives like that too, don't we? The world teases us and tells us, well, you can achieve these things. It's right here. And we run this race of life so fast, so hard. Our calendars are overwhelmed. We're just overwhelmed with life. We're beaten down with life. And as hard as you run, no matter what, it's always like it's just there. It doesn't change. I don't get any closer. It's always still that far away. And we just get so worn out. I get so worn out with life trying to chase the dreams of this world and just realizing, man, I can't obtain it. Is this really what this is all about? And when turning the corner in this message, Jesus moved from talking about pursuing a greater righteousness to the acts of righteousness. And Jesus said this in Matthew 6, verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Let that sink in for just a moment. Because the core of what Jesus is getting at here, he's getting to the core condition of your heart and my heart. That's what he's dealing with. He's cutting through all the fluff. He's saying, let's talk about your heart. What are the motivations of your heart? Do you do what you do to try to just get noticed by everybody else? To try to look good? To try to make yourself look how amazing that person is? Or you do what you do to be in the very presence of God? 
Because if all you're trying to do is, hey, I'm trying to feel good about myself by what other people say about me. Hey, you look good. You're dressing fancy. Or you're so super smart because you're in that, that honors class. Or look how amazing you are on that, on that football field, whatever it may be. If that's all you're trying to obtain, enjoy it because that's your reward. But it's not going to last. Or do you want to be in the presence of God, the eternal reward that lasts forever? You know, ultimately, what are you trying to experience in your life, in your journey? What other people say or the presence of God? In this moment, Jesus is getting to the core issue. Don't act out your righteousness. Don't just do good to try to make yourself look good. Because if that's your focus, enjoy it. But do good. Have your heart be motivated by being in my presence. In other words, our ambition in life is not about to chase these rewards of life. But it's to chase God. To pursue that greater rightness, righteousness. To be in his presence. Because if all you're doing is trying to be recognized by the world. You may be noticed today. But I have news for you. Tomorrow you'll be forgotten. Yesterday afternoon, I have to admit, I'm a huge Steelers fan, okay? And I've been following the Steelers for the majority of my life. And yesterday was their big day to induct the Steelers Hall of Fame class of 2022. So I tuned in to watch who's the next class, who's the next four or five guys that's going to be in the Hall of Fame for the Steelers. And they started announcing them, and then there was like, oh, I know that guy. And then they started announcing a couple of other guys, and I was like, who are they? I, follow, I thought I knew everything about the Steelers, and I never heard of that guy before in my life. Some guy who played in the 50s, did the Steelers even, were they even good in the 50s? And all of a sudden it hit me. That guy was probably one of the star athletes in his day and age. He achieved everything that the world could provide. And today, probably none of us know his name. Here today, gone tomorrow. If you want that to be your reward, enjoy it. You might enjoy it for a moment or a season, but it's going to be over. One day, you won't be the top of the game. One day, you won't be that person everybody's looking to. Is like, whoa, look at that person. One day, hate to say it, you'll be forgotten, I'll be forgotten. I'm not trying to knock you down, but I'm trying to tell you guys, if all we're doing is try and chase the, what the world gives, it's here today, gone tomorrow. That's what Jesus is trying to get to here, the ambitions of our heart. He's saying if you can chase the world's rewards, that's what you're going to get. Or you can chase me. And let me tell you something, I will never forget you, I will never forsake you, and I will be with you all the time for now and all eternity. You really want to give up all that for this? For this. Yeah, you might be awesome for this moment, but tomorrow, you're not. And you want to give up all that for this. 
That's what Jesus is getting to here. The motives of our heart and the motives of our heart and what they drive us to. We don't do these things in order to find love. We don't act out and do good for other people or, or, or conduct our lives in such a way to love, to feel love or value, to find happiness. We do what we do. Why? Because we want to pursue that greater righteousness to be right before God. Why? So we can experience his presence both now and forever this is about being in God's presence God said be holy as I am holy that's the path of righteousness we get scared with the word holy and we think you know what holy is boring it's a drag get rid of it because all it does is bore life no no it doesn't can I just be honest with you holiness is amazing why? Because it's being in the very presence of God. That's what we're pursuing. Holiness means to be set apart from this world. You know why God can't be with sin? Because of his holiness. Because he is set apart. But he gave us the opportunity through Jesus and that cross to walk over the bridge of our own brokenness and poor choices to be in his presence. Why? So that we can be holy so that we can be set apart from this world. And what God is saying, rather than trying to fit in with this world, and that's what we tend to do, let's pursue him. Let's be set apart from this world. Why? Because in his presence, when you are set apart from this world and fully in his presence, and this is about how we conduct our lives, it's the choices we make. You see, in his presence and how we conduct our lives based upon his presence, my friends, that's when we fully experience his love that's like no other love you've ever experienced. A love that says, you know what? I know you fall short. I know you fail. I know you make mistakes, but no matter what, I'm here. I've had a lot of friends in my life who always said, Bill, I'm here. I got your back no matter what. And guess what? When stuff happens in this world, all of a sudden I turn around, where'd they go? I thought they were right there. They said they loved me. But God says, no, I'm right here. Every step of the way. And when we pursue his holiness, when we pursue his righteousness, when we conduct our life based upon his holiness to set ourselves that I'm different from the world. I'm not going to do everything that the world does. I'm not going to follow the path of the world. I'm going to follow the pursuit of Jesus. There we find true value through him. Because the world tends to show you value and me value based upon how I look or how I, conduct or, or how I achieve certain things. Well, if I'm the smartest person or I'm this or that, I'm the best at this, then the world says, hey, you're, you're, you have value. And God says, no, you are valuable because you are loved and you are loved because I created you and died for you. It's not about what you do, it's about what I've done for you. And so Jesus is saying, hey, you'll find real value more than this world could ever have provide for you. And then when we pursue holiness and righteousness and conduct our lives based upon that pursuit, we experience complete joy that only he provides. See, our greatest desires in our heart as, as people is to be loved, to be valued, and to find happiness. And Jesus says, I got it for you. But you got to come be with me. You got to pursue me and who you are in me. And guess what? 
you will find love, you will find value, and you will find joy that sustains no matter what the world throws at you. Just pursue me. This is about eternal, eternal rewards that last beyond this life. And this goes back to what is your heart devoted to? Is it achieving all the stuff of the earth and what the world provides? Or is your heart devoted in an endless pursuit to pursue his righteousness, to pursue yourself being in the presence of God? You see, pursuing righteousness is not just about what we do, but it's the heart behind why we do what we do. That's what Jesus is getting at here. It's not about what you do. It's the heart behind what, why you do what you do. Our heart pursues what leads us to the rewards we experience. And we're motivated by what we are devoted to. So what are you devoted to? Trying to achieve everything that the world provides? The happiness that the world tends to say it will give to you? Or the presence of God? What we are devoted to tends to be based on what we surround ourselves with. Whose presence are you in? My friends, if you're really wrestling with this, my guess is you probably find yourself more in the presence of this world, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. Whether it's at work, on social media, what you watch on TV, or whatever you do, we tend to find ourselves so often in the presence of the world, and, I, and you have to wonder, then why do I feel so less than or other than or beat down? Why don't you give it a try? Be in the presence of God this week. Make an effort, and a solid, real effort every day to have a daily encounter with him. And if you know there are things in your life that you're surrounding yourself with that you're being in the presence of, whether it's the music you listen to, the shows you watch, the people you're hanging out with that you know it's just pulling me down and pulling me away from the pursuit of God and seeing who I am in Him, then cut it out and pursue Him. And if you, I challenge you, just try it. Give that the try for the next month. And let's see what God might do in your life. Because I believe with all my heart, and I've seen it in my life and in my journey, in the hardest of moments, when I tried to fix it, I could never fix it. But then I just said, you know what? I've got nothing else but to be in the presence of God. And that's all I did. I just ran to him and said, I need to have a daily encounter with you more so. I just need to give every, all the junk in my heart to you. And I can't, just being in his presence, he began to work through it. And we talked about several months ago about writing down all the ways that God blessed you, right? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Are you doing that? I did that in my journey when I just said, I'm just going to give it to him. I can't do it on my own. I can't try. I can't fix it. I can't make it go away, but I'm just going to be in his presence. And all of a sudden, slowly and surely, I start seeing there was God. There he was again. He showed up. And all of a sudden you begin to see the transformation, not just in your heart, but in the world around you. It's not that everything goes away, but you got stronger. You got stronger because God is with you. 
What are you devoted to? See, pursuing the greater righteousness comes out in our acts of righteousness. Jesus identifies those. Let's read those really quickly in regards to generosity. You know, giving your life completely over to him and doing good to others and giving up your resources and your time for the sake of others and for the church and for what God is doing. He says this in Matthew 6, 2 through 4. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your, hand, your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And then Jesus then goes on to say in regards to praying, and you can classify this as your spiritual life. You know, look how holy am I. Look at all the Bible reading. Look at all this stuff. You know, your spiritual journey. This is what Jesus says in verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners or to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. And the regard to fasting. And you could classify this as all your spiritual acts. The things you do to act, to act out your righteousness that Jesus is talking about. Verses 16 to 18, Jesus says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show others they are, they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that, it will be, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You see the commonality between all these acts of righteousness that Jesus is talking about here? If they do these acts of righteousness only to be noticed by others and say, hey, look at me, look how great I am, then enjoy it. Because that's all you're getting. Their reward is an attaboy. And it seems so often we run our race of life just to try to get, that's a good boy. Good job, Bill. Let me give you a pat on the back. If that's all you're trying to seek, then there's your reward. You better enjoy it because tomorrow there's not going to be an attaboy. But Jesus says, if you pursue me, you will, you will experience your reward in full. I don't do things to be noticed by others. I do things to be noticed by God, to pursue him. And inside, when we do these things to pursue the, the, the uh, acknowledgement of other people, we find ourselves just unfulfilled and being broken down. And we don't find the love or the value or the joy that we're seeking. But when we do these things because of being in the presence of God, to experience him more, there we find everything we're searching. So what are you devoted to? Are you devoted to God's kingdom or the kingdom of the world? That's the heart of what Jesus is getting to here. What is the devotion of your heart? And I really think we need to wrestle with this question. We need to have a hard wrestling match with this question because everything we do is dictated by that single question. Am I doing this to just gain more of my kingdom in this world? Or am I pursuing the kingdom of God? You know, we need to sharply define the implications of what this means in our life. 
We can devote ourselves to pursue earthly rewards, fulfilling those needs based on what the world provides and what the sense of security that the world tends to give to us, or we can devote ourselves to pursue an eternal reward. You see, my friends, devoting to God's kingdom is a radical transformation of our values and our priorities. That's what Jesus is getting here. We need to radically change what is our values and what is our priorities. What are you ultimately pursuing? He took it a step further when he said in Matthew 6, 19 to 23, Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. What Jesus is saying here is, what has your eyes has your heart. And what has your heart motivates how you conduct your life. And what are you chasing? My friends, what has your eyes Right now, in this season you're in, what has your eyes? Because I'm probably safe to assume whatever has your eyes has a hold of your heart and is motivating the choices you're making, the life you're trying to achieve. And Jesus is saying, can you adjust your focus to me? Not trying to obtain the recognition of the world, Will you chase the recognition of me? Pursue me. You see, our earthly pursuits and possessions offer no security whatsoever. Whatsoever. They're all subject to the elements of the world and only brings destruction and loss. Just like Jesus said, you can chase those things, but rust and moth and vermin, they destroy it. They're here today and they're gone tomorrow. You might be the top of the pedestal in whatever you're trying to chase in this world today, but in tomorrow, you're going to be second best or third best or bottom of the barrel. What's the, what's the pursuit of that? Why? Our stuff gets old and worn out. Our relationships in this world fade, leading to en- an endless pursuit for more. But the more we try to find our sense of security in the stuff of the earth, we are broken down and we are left unsatisfied. And we're always a moment away. We're always one day away from brokenness and destruction. And all this leads to is a life of anxiety. And so many of us are living lives of anxiety. Why? Because we're trying so hard to hold on to everything we have or chase everything we want in this world. And we realize deep down, it just doesn't stop. I can't constantly be this. I can't constantly do that. And maybe that wasn't the point of my pursuit. My friends, we need to pursue him, not us. Chase God's kingdom, the heavenly rewards, the rewards that have no liability risk with the destruction or the loss of this world. They are eternal. And my friends, this is a radical transformation of our values and our, and our, and our priorities. This is about pursuing goals and activities that have an eternal significance, that have a relationship with God, and that being the ultimate focus. This is saying, okay, everything I do, 
Every decision I make, how does this draw me closer to God, into his presence? How does this honor him? From the little things to the big things, from the small decisions to the big decisions, that is my focus. That's what drives my heart. That's what has my eyes. What about you? What we pursue really provides a window into the true nature of our heart. And God desires our devotion and our self-sacrifice, which is countercultural to what this world says to do in order to find love and value and happiness. This world says, go after everything you can get to make yourself happy. God says, give it all up and pursue me and you will experience true joy. Two completely different paths. And here's the crazy thing. Let's just be honest. We all want to be happy. Deep down, we do what we do because we want to be loved. We want to be valued. Let's just own it. Let's just own it because we all are in that pursuit in different ways. And when we make our life ambition to pursue happiness the less happy we become, the more we get full of anxiety because this world always disappoints, always lets us down. But when we pursue God, when we pursue God's kingdom, making our focus to be in his presence every day, Lord, just, I wanna be in your presence. Wherever I'm at, may I just be in your presence and pursue you in whatever I'm doing in this moment. And when we put ourselves aside, there you will find joy that sustains. There you will find the value that you are seeking. There you will find love that you've never experienced before in a kingdom that lasts. So my friends, what kingdom are you chasing? Make an effort today to have an encounter with the presence of God. Let's pray. Father God, so often, it just seems like we're in this endless pursuit of our own hearts. This world just has our eyes and just motivates our hearts to try to find ourselves, to try to find love and value and joy in the stuff of this earth. But it just, all it does, it just, it doesn't last. And it just becomes full of anxiety. Why? Because we're trying to obtain, obtain something that never really is obtainable. But Lord God, I just pray right now that you help us to pursue you. And in your presence, may we experience everything that you provide. May we pursue true righteousness. May we pursue true holiness to be set apart from this world. And in so doing, may we live in such a way that lives out that righteousness in how we treat other people, in our generosity, in our spiritual walk, and just in our journey. And Lord, through that, through our pursuit of you, may we experience the love that you only provide. May we see our value through you and how you created us and the fact that you died for us. And may you find the joy that only you provide. It's in your name we pray. Amen.